Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Beck. And this is DVD Clutter. Hi. Hi, how you going? Oh, I'm pretty good, how are you? I'm alright. <laughs> Ready to talk about DVDs and decluttering, the two things that are so cleverly put together in our title. Oh my goodness, it's so smart. Yeah. And it's do, true to what we do on this podcast. Do you get it? Uh, it's about DVDs and getting rid of stuff. That's it. Oh my god, genius. Specifically getting rid of those DVDs. Oh wow, so it's a clever play on words. Mm-hmm. Wow, that yep. is good. Genius. Um, and we started this because you have 500 DVDs you want to get rid of. I know. Yeah. And uh, we're slowly getting there. So each week we are watching one of those. Every now and then we'll watch one of mine as well. Yep. Just to spice it up a bit. Um, and then you, we both decide whether or not you were going to keep the DVD or we're going to give it away or burn it. That's it. Yeah. This week we're doing one of yours. We sure are. And I think, you know, a round of applause is due because this is episode number 10. Oh my goodness. It is number 10. Yep. We made it. Yep. And we haven't killed each other yet. Double digits. <laughs> yeah, oh, more specifically, you haven't killed me because the <laughs> stuff I've had to put you through. Dude, where's my car? I know. Infection. Yeah, but infection was kind of fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Not dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've made it to 10 episodes. Yay, us. Mm-hmm. And to celebrate our 10th episode, we're going to do our first Australian film. Oh my goodness, that's sad. I know, right? <laughs> Why we're, haven't we done an Australian film yet? We're killing our industry. I know. Yes, MIF is on at the moment. If you are listening to this... That's um, the Melbourne International Film Festival. And you're in Melbourne. Go out and see an Australian film at MIF because there's yes. some fantastic ones. There and is. We might even do a bit of a bonus episode to talk about some of the stuff we see at MIF. Yeah, I think we definitely will do that. Yeah. But go and explore. There is like an overwhelming amount of films. So mm. maybe just uh, choose one randomly. Yeah, I'm booked into... That. 13 at the moment. Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to make it to that many. I think I've decided to go for about five, so I'm not even going to get one of those. I'm not going to get the pass, Uh, the 10 pass. Fair enough, though. Yeah, I just think, you know, I've got this new responsibility at work. I'm going to be tired. (laughs) It's just, it's a hard life. So this week, to continue to celebrate Miff, we are actually going to do an Australian film, our first Australian film, which is called 2014's The Mule. Well, it's not called 2014's. Yes, but... When you try and Google the I mule, know. you keep on getting Clint, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yep, Just because from... he's famous and yeah. American. I mean, Angus Sampson and the Australian version came out first. That's just it. And might be better. I haven't seen the Clint Eastwood version. I think it's better. When I Googled it, um, I saw the rating, the Rotten Tomatoes rating for the Clint Eastwood version. And I was like, oh, surely this film was better than that. Mm. And then I realised that it was the Clint Eastwood version, made sure I got the Australian version. Lo and behold, Rotten Tomatoes rating was better. Wow. Yeah. Probably a few less people have seen this. Though, so. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> just just let's, let's leave this be a happy story. Happy story. Um, um, and before we get into it, I think we owe it to our listeners to do a uh, content warning. Oh, yes. Lots of poo talk lots, coming up. Lots of poo talk. If you don't know what a mule is... Uh, we're not talking about the animal. No. We're talking about a drug mule. Yes. And we're talking about swallowing... Uh, little bags. Little bags of cocaine. No, heroin. heroin. Whoops, my bad. Yep. Um, little bags of heroin into your stomach and... Uh, Pooping them out. Dealing with the aftermath. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just it. Um, so do you want to... We'll start with you telling us a little bit about how you... Yes. How do you think I came across this DVD, Beck? Oh, did you get it free somewhere? 
No, I didn't get it free. <laughs> I didn't get it free. <laughs> a lot of them have been I like that. I paid a mighty price for it. Did you? I paid $2. Oh, at an op shop. No, if you look at the cover, it says Blockbuster new to weekly. Oh, it does too. So, um, Mentone Blockbuster. So this is a recent. Yeah. This is a recent purchase. Was closing down. One of the last ones that I'd see that was still alive, and I happened to be driving past. I stopped the car dramatically. Did you? Oh I didn't God. stop it dramatically. Um, pulled over safely. Pulled over safely and ran in, and they had DVDs for one dollar and two dollar. So when was this? Two dollars. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it was. I was living in Ararat at the time. Oh yes. So quite recently, I'm going to say 2016. So still pretty recent purchase compared to. Yes. You Very know. recent. And yeah. I came out with a stack. And this was one of them because I'd heard of the title before. You hadn't seen it? No. Oh, okay. Had I seen it before I watched it for this podcast? No. Oh, no. This really? is another one of the ones I hadn't seen before. So we're both looking at it with fresh eyes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So what, up, how had you heard about it? I had heard someone talking about it uh, on a podcast, mainly talking about it in relations to the South by Southwest Festival yeah. that it did quite well at yeah. in America. And it was sort of like a... a a flash mention someone said that they'd seen it there it was an american podcast talking about an australian film so i was kind of like whoa yeah yeah i should get on to that yeah um then completely forgot about it until i was in this closing down blockbuster and (laughs) there was and picked it up yeah um cool yeah shall i give you a rundown of uh the storyline yes tell me about the plot and yeah once again let's um warn people that this could get a bit brown (laughs) yes thank you for that Okay, <laughs> so um, Angus Sampson plays a kind of not down on his luck, but just a bit of a stuck in a rut kind of guy in his like I'd say early thirties, late twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, he still lives with his mum and his stepfather. Um, they're not wealthy. They live in it's all set in like sunshine, so western suburbs of Melbourne. Underneath the flight path. Underneath the flight path, western suburbs. If you're not from Melbourne, is um, kind of known for being a bit rough and ready. Um, lots of kind of I don't know it was considered to be kind of a dangerous place for quite some time it wasn't the wealthy east let's just say Um, so that's where he's grown up and lived and he's part of a football team the Sunshine West football team Um, and when we open the movie they are just trying to they've been trying to raise money for to go on a team trip to um, Bangkok to Thailand Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't quite make it but miraculously their club president um, chips in all the rest of the money for them to go. So they're able to go on this trip. We find out, oh, and Ray is also awarded the Clubman of the Year. Um, but he's very, doesn't really respond to that. He's kind of, you don't really get a sense that he's alive. Not alive in the sense of being literally alive, but alive to the world. He he's seems, not emotionally invested in no, anything going on. But he's definitely not connecting to people in a way that we would consider to be Um, having normal social interactions. Mm. He's very much isolated and keeps to himself. Anyway, we then find out that the trip is actually being funded so that um, one of the football players can pick up a bunch of heroin. Just one bunch. Just one bunch. Yep. (laughs) Well, I think a kilo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why the club president has funded it because he's the drug lord in this particular instance he's the one who's kind of you know driving this drug trade um and he's sending the football team over so that one of these uh, football players can can bring back the heroin and they want to get ray into it they want to use him as a drug mule as the mule yes yeah um the other footballer who's in on the drug deal is gavin 
Yeah, played what? by Lee Wannell, who he's... also wrote and directed this film. That's right. Yeah. Um, he tells Ray that he's going to swallow the heroin as well, but obviously doesn't do that because he doesn't want to be caught. Um, yeah. And so Ray's kind of left being the one who has to swallow all the drugs. So they, oh, they go over to Thailand. They successfully get the drugs. They Ray swallows them after having a mild panic attack about not wanting to do it. He swallows them. Um, they get back to the airport in Australia and then Ray has a bit of a freak out, tries to run away. He's waiting for his bags to come. They're not coming as fast as he, he thinks. Yeah. He gets real panicky um, and just tries to go through customs without a bag. Um, so there's a couple of times when you're like, oh, is he going to get caught now? Is he going to get caught now? He's almost free. He's almost out. But then he does get caught. Yeah. So they arrest him on suspicion of drug trafficking. Yep. And they can't find anything. You know, he hasn't got a um, suppository stuck up his butt. No. So they can't see anything on his person. So they are allowed to detain him for seven days mm-hmm. without charge. Yeah. So they keep him in a hotel. Yes. Unless he consents to a body x-ray, which he doesn't. Which he doesn't, yeah, yeah. because he's got... Um, a kilo of heroin inside him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he does not want that x-ray. So they end up holed up in a um, dodgy looking hotel with the police kind of keeping watch day and night over yep. him as he tries to not poo. Yeah. And so like the toilet's got a sieve on it. Yeah. He has to notify anyone when he's moving. Yeah. All the sinks are blocked up. Yep. There's no way you're going to get. <laughs> no, no poo escaping yep. anywhere. Yeah. So the rest of the movie is that kind of trajectory of watching him struggle with that and um, trying to win out against these cops who are revealed to be really big assholes. Mm. Um, one played fantastically by Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Just so excellent. Yeah, one of my favourite scenes at the start of the film. I mean, I grew to hate him so much, but, um, mm. you know, at the, right at the start of the film, he the, the other cop pulls out the badge out of his coat pocket and, like, yep. says, I'm detective, whatever. Yep. Um, pulls his badge out of his coat pocket. Liz Paris is the yeah, detective, yeah. And Hugo Weaving goes to pull something out of his pocket and it's just his middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and Hugo Weaving's playing Tom Croft. Okay. So it's Detectives go. Croft and Detectives Paris. Paris and Croft. Yeah. About three quarters of the way through the movie, we find out that Paris is actually a dodgy cop, even though Croft is the bigger asshole. Yeah. Um, Croft is a real asshole in terms of being, like, beating him up, mm. um, just being a general douchebag yeah um but then we find the drug trafficker but the very like you feel sorry for oh yeah like he he doesn't know what's going on he's like a real he's just been put in a situation the reason that he ended up agreeing he didn't really want to agree to do the drug the be the mule um but he agreed to do it because his his, dad's got gambling debts his stepdad has stepdad yeah his stepdad has gambling debts and his mum. he really loves his mum. he's got a close relationship with his mum. Played expertly by Noni Hazelhurst. Just, she's just amazing. Yes. Yeah. So he kind of is is in it for a what we would consider to be a a good reason, I guess. And has it's just got caught up. He's got caught up with something that is way over his head. But we find out that Paris Paris has is actually a real dirty cop. Yeah. And he offers to take the drugs from Ray after he poops them out and to make them disappear. And yeah, and then he will obviously get all the money from that himself or like take it on and and, um, deal it it himself. And you wonder if this is a real thing or if it's just a thing to try and get the drugs off off Ray until... 
until um, Gavin turns up. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray is has obviously been detained for he's up to seven days. Up to then, it keeps going a little bit more. Yeah. Then it keeps going a little bit more. Um, and Gavin turns up because he's been told by his boss that he needs to get these drugs. Gavin decides to actually just come clean to the cops and to say, you know, this is what actually happened. Ray's just an innocent bystander. He remembers that he and Ray used to be mates together when they were little and yeah. he's kind of, you know, turning over a good leaf, a new leaf. Yep. Um, and as a reward for that, he gets pushed off a building. Detective Parrish throws him off the building. That's right. Um, smack down onto the henchman's car, who is like the bodyguard of the... Main drug guy. The, who is, yep. Pat Shepard is the character in the film and that's played by John Noble. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who you might know from Lord of the Rings. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, and Ray sees that. He sees Gavin's body being driven away by this henchman. Um, so he knows that Paris is a dirty cop. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to tell Croft. Croft, as we first see it, Croft doesn't believe him. Um, but later it's revealed that he did believe him and they set up a microphone in the room so that they Croft could catch be, yeah. Paris. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it all end, though? So it turns out Ray's a genius. Mm. Um, he's been working at a TV repairs store, and he's obviously very good at it. He waits till one of the cops is asleep. Yeah, he then gets, he gets some heroin yeah, and puts drugs it into them. the Puts it into the beer of this mm. guy, so this guy's, like, completely out of it. And then he poops out his little... Heroin pockets. Heroin <laughs> nuggets and hides them. We don't really see where he hides them, but then the TV's faulty... Later, the TV gets taken out of the room and we see that the final scene is Ray standing in front of his old TV repair shop um, where he's kind of smiling and we go, oh, that's why the TV was faulty. That's where he hid the drugs. So Ray ends up fine going home to his mum. The bad detective Paris gets charged by the better detective Croft. Still an asshole. Croft goes after the big drug lord because... Um, Ray slips him a photo of him, but the uh, drug lord gets assassinated by his boss. Yes, who just is the before tie. the end. Yeah, so they don't bust the drug ring open, but no. a lot of people get there just as Yes, they do. Um, the end. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, it is a bit of a jumpy around film in itself. We didn't mention during that plot description. There's also a pretty good performance um, by Georgia Haig as the lawyer for Ray, who comes in and sort of keeps. The yeah, cops she's a legal aid in line. Lawyer. Yeah. 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 Um, and she's she... obviously been treated pretty badly. Mm. Um, and it's all set, oh, we should say it's all set in the 80s. Yeah. Um, with a backdrop of the America's Cup yacht race. Um, that going Australia on, went on to win. That Australia went on to win. And it's very much like they've paired it. I kind of really enjoyed this. They paired it up as in, you know, the yacht race is happening. The nation is really focusing on the yacht race. And Australia is the underdog in this yacht race, just as Ray is the underdog in this race between him and the cops and who's going to win yeah um so that was kind of a nice little duality of tension and going on plays into the story a bit everyone's a bit distracted because of this yes, yacht that's race right. that's going on so it means that things slip through the cracks yes. including you know ray being held too long yeah cause that doesn't make his, the his, press yeah his lawyer tries to get that in the press and it's just ignored because of yeah. this, this yacht race going on and the police are distracted at the end because yes. they all want to watch the the yacht race yeah yeah. yeah, so it plays, it kind of like entwines in and out and adds a nice little backdrop of um, synchronicity. Hmm. I don't know, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so I guess this was the first time you watched it. Yes. What did you think? I quite enjoyed it. Going into it, I thought it was going to be more of a comedy, to be honest. Uh-huh. 
I was, um, I guess, shocked a bit by how truly dark this film yep. is. Yeah. It's... I think that's a typical Australian film. Like, yeah. Australian films are quite dark. We don't do comedy very well. We don't yeah. do light-hearted comedy very well. Yeah. We do, we do comedy with, like, dark elements quite well. But this well. was very dark. The, yep. the scenes of um, Ray getting beaten up by the cops yep. are, are full on. Um, There's that scene where he, um, Croft turns the hot water on when he's in the, when Ray's in the shower. Yeah. That was really awful. Yeah. He's scolding him and um, beating him up when he's naked. Yeah, that scene exactly was the one I was really thinking of. Um, even just the life outside, I guess the poverty and the gambling of yep. um, his stepfather, who's he's not he's not put as a bad guy at all, but he just comes, you know. He's hapless, but I I, I don't know. Like he I was, really hated him. <laughs> that's just you, you do feel bad about him. He ends up um, getting murdered by the drug lord by Pat Shepard, the drug lord. Yeah, um, he was just a troublemaker, and he didn't stand up for anyone and didn't stand up for himself and he was bringing bad luck on everyone that's it so so, some of i guess the the violence and the darkness of it uh shook me a little bit um as did the graphic nature of some of the pooping pooping. um there is one scene where ray can't hold it any longer so while the cops asleep passes all the bowels move his bowels move uh he poos the bed yep. and before the cop wakes up has to re-ingest so re-eat all the packets of heroin yeah so he's, there's a quite a, a full-on scene of him swallowing these pooey packets yeah. pooey con tied up condoms yeah. of heroin and then quite a full-on scene where he gets so he swallows them all yeah um and then wakes he's up gagging. the cop and says you know i've i've gone to the toilet yeah and so he gets dragged out of bed and it's all it's really um realistic realistic and hard to watch yeah i was glad you told me not to watch it while i was eating yes yeah um (laughs) in saying that too there are just some excellent comedy moments the one that i just thought was just brilliant was so pat shepherd the the drug lord um he knows that gavin gets murdered sort of as part of the drug setup and then it cuts to him doing a spoken word version of the angels (laughs) i'm never going to see your face again at Gavin's funeral and yes. it was just just the dryness of it and yes. just the absolute silence and what we've cut from yeah I, it was just brilliant yes. and that's you know Australian films do that I think that's true so we so do do that. so well we do that very well and we do that very well I sat there thinking it did so well at South by Southwest how did how do I, they get it how do they get it yeah. just <laughs> it's that dry sense of am humor. I ever gonna see your face <laughs> again <laughs> it was just it was just just and it, brilliant and it was it was funny but it was also like quite uh effective in showing the coldness of that character mm. that he could go and murder someone and then speak at his funeral yeah. the next minute you know like so yeah i like i like those sort of humorous bits and i just absolutely loved the performances from hugo weaving and um noni hazelhurst as ray's mum yeah just being able to balance i guess the absurdity of the situation and the comedy in that but just be these real real characters yep. that are both pushed by passion um ray's mum for ray and then hugo weaving's character detective croft for he really hates drug dealers mm. and his whole deal and he's awful to ray but he's not there to get any enjoyment out of that it is just because he hates drug dealers and wants to bust this wide open he says very early on that he wants to get to the top of this mm. um yep. but just just those brilliant performances. 
Oh, and I, well, I really enjoyed Angus Sampson's performance as well. Yeah. Just amazing. He's a great actor. Um, he also co-directed this yes, as well. Yes, and so, wrote. Co-wrote yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so he's heavily invested in the film, but just his performance I found outstanding mm. and subtle, but completely conveyed so much in every scene. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to add anything more to your review? Yeah, just that I um, really didn't want to watch it because (laughs) I hadn't really heard anything about it. But if you... I'll post a picture of the front cover on... Insta. On Instagram. But the front cover... And I I remember when it came out, I remember seeing this front cover before. I remember seeing the poster before. And the poster Mm -hmm. is an image of Angus Sampson bending over with all these people standing behind him. And he's like obviously bending over to start to pull his pants down so i was kind of like oh god they're just got it's just gonna be like a hip joke yeah cheap comedy about mm. a drug mule who has to pull his pants down and get fingered by different people or whatever yeah um and so i was really like oh i really had to talk myself into watching it like come on beck it might be good it might be you know might be interesting and i was really glad i did it was it pleasantly surprised me i'm glad it wasn't a comedy I'm glad it was dark. Mm. Um, yeah, like I said, like Angus Sampson can he can be a bit of a larrikin in mm. real life. I think in some of the kind of where I've seen him on TV and that kind of thing. Oh, and he's often cast as that as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but I loved him in this character, and it, it defied my expectations, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I don't think there was much that. I mean, it was hard to watch. Like mm. those scenes were really hard to watch. And I probably wouldn't watch it again just no. because of that. But I'm yeah. really glad that I watched it. So uh, one of the things I really want to talk about this film, and I'm going to do it now because I think it's so important, is this had a sort of a, a big place in distribution of Australian cinema and its history. I don't know how much you know about I this. Don't. I was um, This was tidbit was given to me and I did a bit more research from friend of the show, Ed Armstrong. So thanks oh. very much, Ed. Shout um, out, Ed. And that's it. This film decided to completely skip theatrical distribution. Which was a first that, for Australia. Made the decision. Yeah. Okay. Um, they decided in Australia, Australian films are not normally picked up by a lot of cinemas, yeah. and then there is a rule put in place that you can't then go to DVD for four months. So you've got oh. to do four, two rounds of advertising. Right. Um, and they didn't have the money for that, and yeah. they knew that to screen in you know three cinemas in Melbourne and two in Sydney, yeah. it wasn't worth it. So yeah. they decided yeah. to just go straight to digital and yeah. really pushed. Was really the first Australian film to do a real push for a digital marketing campaign yep. so tv ads yeah real social media presence and really telling people buy and download it yeah yours to own by download yeah on this date this time yep. they did a live launch where you could listen in and listen to them do a live commentary oh, so you wow. all press play at the same time oh, and they cool. they really pushed and it um shook things up a bit yeah. because if you think about this time that came out um what year is it sorry uh 2015 okay uh we were in a australian media landscape where we just sort of been into Netflix. Yes. Uh, Stan was sort of the other thing. Yeah. And we also had Presto at the time, oh, which yes, no one I really got their Presto. head around. That sort of came and went. Yeah. Um, so we, we weren't into this digital mode yet, and it was actually a big shake-up to have something go, well, fuck it, we're going digital. Like, yeah. that's that's what it means. Yeah. Um, and uh, so much so that Screen Australia has actually got online a whole report just written about oh, wow. <laughs> this experience. And what was the outcome? Uh, they actually did all right with it. it yeah. Um, look, depends what sort of stuff you read. There's obviously some stuff that's really for it. Yeah. Um, it says 
number one on the iTunes chart and you go, yep. wow, but it's number one on the independent Australian film feature iTunes, <laughs> iTunes chart or something. So, you know, you can um, bend the stats uh, anyway, but it was uh, definitely important and yep. definitely probably the right way to make it because this one's a hard sell, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's not... I don't know if it would be a crowd pleaser or such. that's it. You're either going to sell it as a comedy and have people come out of it going, that just that wrecked me. Yeah. That's not a comedy. Or you're going to sell it as a drama and have yep. people go... A drama about poop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to watch a drama about poop. I think it, it's kind of a pitfall that a lot of Australian films fall into. Like, we look at The Dressmaker in class at school, mm. and it's a comedy as well, but it's also really dark as well. And it's kind of that similar, that very Australian aesthetic of being, um, yeah, dark comedy. Um, and when like you know the advertising for that i was kind of under the impression that it would be like a happy-go-lucky thing as did all my students when i tell them that this is what we're seeing and they're really pleasantly surprised when that's what they get to watch so maybe we need to come up with a new way of marketing i don't know yeah more people just need to see more australian cinema people need to see more australian cinema and we have i don't know why we hate it so much but we are such a self-conscious country we hate seeing ourselves on screen yeah we hate seeing the accent on screen um and we need to get over it well, it's just, you know, you walk into a room of people and ask them what defines Australian cinema and you're going to get the answer, oh, it means it's not very good. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember looking yeah. Yeah, at, at uni at Australian cinema um, and that someone in the room said it, like, you know, I'm going to be able to say it, it means it's not good. And you're just yeah. like, well, no, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Um, but it is an impression that yes, comes from somewhere. Yes, very much an impression. And some Australian films are crap, sure. Yeah, sure. But lots of American films are crap. Are really crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just have such a small um, a small industry that you know one bad film can kind of taint at people's perception. They see one Australian film and they're like, "Well, that was terrible. I'm never watching an Australian film again." Whereas, as if you would ever do that about yeah. any other country's films, yeah, it's sad. A sad state of affairs, and you should all go and buy or exactly. watch or I don't know purchase buy DVDs, support the Australian film industry. Yeah, um, go out to MIF. Yes. Yeah. Oh, shit, I just spilled tea. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so passionate. So passionate. That's <laughs> no, fine. The Australian film industry, so important. Terrible. Yep. Not terrible. Excellent. But oh, not terribly yet. supported. That's just it. Yes. Um, but I find that that's one of the most interesting things about this film. Yeah. I think. Besides the story. Besides the story <laughs> and the film itself. And I think it would be amiss not to discuss it. Um. But I guess normally we'd go on and talk about whether this film holds up, but it is quite a, a re- recent. recent film, yep. um, which is often the case I've found on this podcast, actually, yeah. a bit. <laughs> we probably need to delve back into the um, old-time ones. Um, I, yeah, there's nothing there that was um, that irritated me, except for the fact that I do get annoyed at the trope of the bad cop turning out to be the good cop. Like, you know, the guy who acts the worst turns out to be the one who's actually on the right side of the yeah. law. Like, it's like, fuck off. You know, can you just have a guy who is a good person and on the right side of the law? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that tell people? I know I'm bang on about representation, yeah. but it is important. And I know that one thing's not going to make the whole difference, but but I do think that that... It's a, it's not it's not an isolated case. There's so many cases of the one who you think is 
the asshole turning out to be the good guy. And what does that tell young people, you know? Like, mm. does that say to young women to go, oh, maybe this guy does this evil guy. Maybe this guy who treats me like shit does have a heart of gold. Yep. Yeah, legit. And we, we are, like, women, young women are brought up to think that they can change the bad boy, you know? It's, it's kind of tantalising to be with the bad boy or the bad girl and want to change them or prove that they are a good person. And this is why. And sometimes assholes are just assholes all around. And sometimes good people are good people all around. No, that, that's good insight. I think yeah. that's, that's an important... Um, but I pre- they wanted a twist, whatever, yeah. fine. <laughs> and it was a twist. We get it. Yep. I didn't... I liked... I enjoyed the twist. It was fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's my only thing. I had a bit of a look at the special features. Not a lot included. There wasn't... Um, there wasn't really special features. No. Oh, there was the deleted scenes. Yeah. Did you watch that? I didn't. No. So they were really just... And this is a thing that happens on a few DVDs. Not normally... Oh, I guess ones like this, but often you see DVDs that like, we want to give you as many special features as possible. Yeah. So they put on deleted scenes like this. Most of them were just like a few extra words muttered by people at the oh, before really? or the end of a shot. Yeah, okay. Um, like when they sit down to dinner, I think his mum goes... Um, oh, your dad would be proud of you. Oh, right. <laughs> like, okay. It's like, oh, yeah. So it doesn't add a lot. But as this was, I guess, um, born to be a digital release, they probably yeah, didn't, they didn't spend the time, That's I right. guess, wasting money yeah. on producing something Features, like that. Yeah, which is so sad. And I think it is my my biggest kind of like feeling of loss at moving to the, the Netflix age or the streaming age because I love watching the special features. I know. And... And we need to find a way of bringing that back. That's it. That's what the... Well, look, in my uh, utopia, yeah. the streaming sites would have all those special yes, features. Yes, why don't they? Yeah, you know, they've got the cloud. Yes. There's plenty there's of space so in the cloud. More, there's so much space up there. Just get onto it. And I don't know, maybe they are starting to do it. Have you seen When They See Us? No, but um, with the recent bag of Emmy nominations, it's definitely uh, on my to-watch list. Yes. So they have an Oprah special that is like connected to that. Okay. So why can't they do that with other things? Yeah. Like that's like a special feature, essentially. There's the series and then there's the Oprah special. That's just it. I think, um, especially for people that are really into cinema or into TV, that would be a big selling point. Yeah, totally. So listen up, all you Disney Plus HBO Max makers out there that are (laughs) listening to our podcast. Put on them special features. Come on. We have to do it. Get behind it. Campaign for... What's a good uh, tagline we can use? Hashtag features now. Okay. <laughs> Get on board. <laughs> yeah. Great. We've gone on a, a couple of tangents. This we have episode. gone on some tangents. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. It is good. Do we want to say anything else about this film? Just that I think, I think people should see it, to be honest. I think it's one of those Aussie films that... Um, you won't regret seeing, but just be, just be ready for it. Don't yeah. go in thinking you're going to laugh a minute like yeah. I think I did until yeah. I sort of shifted gears and went, okay, that's not where we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah, it's worth definitely worth seeing, and it, it is a hard watch, but it, it's a good one. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that we wanted to talk about, just briefly mention, is that in a, like, nice serendipitous uh, coming together of films, yeah. so the guy who wrote this film, who also plays Gavin, Gavin Lee Wunnell is yeah. also the guy who wrote Saw. And co-wrote Saw 2 with Darren Bozeman. Who? Wrote and directed... Genetic. <laughs> repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> genetic, the Repo Opera. Who wrote and directed Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah, one of our uh, earlier yeah. episodes. So, what a great way to tie in 
Season 10. Amazing. Season 10. Season episode We've 10. Ahead. We've jumped ahead. <laughs> so the film world, I'm sure everyone knows each other. Everyone mm. works together. It's great. I think especially in the Australian film world. Yes. <laughs> um, Very tiny. The other thing I wanted to mention is just on Angus Sampson, because mm. I loved him so much in this film. It reminded me of another film that I watched with him in it oh, yeah. at MIFF um, a couple of years ago when I was volunteering. It, it was one of those ones that I loved that happened when I was volunteering at MIFF was when you were um, ushering at one of the um, sessions and you hadn't, like, I had no idea what this movie was. I hadn't booked this movie. I hadn't chosen the movie, but I loved it because I got to watch it and I had no expectations and it's called A Hundred Bloody Acres and it's a horror film Australian yeah. horror so again elements of comedy in it but still yep. quite quite dark um, and Angus Sampson plays a murderer in it it's kind of Wolf Creek-esque I guess um, but it's just an excellent film and you should all go see that as well yeah have you heard of it? Uh, I have heard of it haven't um, seen it? haven't seen it yeah so um, good it's pretty graphic but it's great great I'll, yeah. I'll have to go watch it <laughs> yeah um, The Mule though Oh, sorry. Went off track. That's right. <laughs> Is the film we're talking about. What and are you now do with it? comes the time where I have to decide what I am going to do with it. Um, first of all, is it on Netflix or Stan? No, it is not, unfortunately. <laughs> but I do know that it is available on digital platforms because that was... Digital platforms as in... As in Google Play, iTunes. iTunes. It was the, yeah, the point. That was its, its thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can find it again. Um... I'm not going to keep it. Yeah. Just because I, I just don't see myself sitting down to, to watch it a few more times. But I really do recommend people to go out yeah, and sure. at least rent it off iTunes yep. and give it a watch yeah. once. It's only like $3.99. Yeah. $4.99. $5.99? I don't know. It's under $10. i got too many DVDs to rent off iTunes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but do it because it is worth watching. Yeah. Um, thoroughly enjoyable if very uncomfortable. Mm. My copy's going to go to the op shop. Yeah, fair enough. If you see it there, if you're in an op shop, are you going to, like, do you think you'll drop it at any area or are you just going to go random? I'm going to go random. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you hop into a random op shop, uh, maybe it'll be there. You should pick it up, hopefully for less than, what did you pay? A dollar? Two bucks. Two bucks. <laughs> hopefully it's priced at one dollar, so yep. you know. Um, it's a good deal. Um, but, yeah, worth a watch. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming along, Paul. No worries. Thanks for um, being here for 10 episodes, Peck. Oh, yeah. Well done, yeah. us. Cheers to that. Yeah. It would be very boring, I feel, if you left and it would just be me. <laughs> You're like, oh, what did I watch this week? Yeah. <laughs> um, and thank you to our beautiful, wonderful audience for listening to us for 10 episodes. Yes. We really appreciate it and um, would love your continued support. If you can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, give us a mention to other people, to friends and family. Yeah. Maybe to your drug lord. That's it. Or the people you deal to. You know what would be if I was ever stuck in a hotel mm. with a kilo of heroin mm. in my bowels. Yeah. I could just sit down and litter, listen to DVD clutter, That's so and it would true. pass the time, and I wouldn't <laughs> even think about how I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so if you're in that situation, or if you know anyone in that situation, let them know about it. Yeah. And then you'll have someone to sympathize with. So oh, yeah. It'd be great. Um, but you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We can be found at uh, DVD Clutter. That's D-V-D-E-C-L-U-T-T-E-R. Um, you can also email us at <laughs> DVD Clutter at gmail.com. Yep. Um, and keep listening.
Yeah. We love it. Here's to another 10. Woohoo. See you next week. Bye. Wannel. It's a wannel.